the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 3. The issue of speech is much in the air today, more so than even in the past three or so years, which was much more so than the past 30 years, because a consensus was broken in the 20-teens, the mutually ideological agreement on that very thing, freedom of speech. In the 20-teens, the sole truth the relativists believe in, namely that there can be no absolute truth, converted into there can only be one absolute truth, and it's anything emanating from the perspective of the left, the woke, the Democrats, call it what you like, but the concomitant enforcement was even stronger. Anything conservative or considered conservative or in the way of the progressive agenda is not to be tolerated because it is intolerant in their dictionary anyway, and thus absolutely subject to not only fierce denunciation, but censorship. This is part and parcel of the opinion principle hierarchy we speak of. The issue is thick in the air today as Elon Musk takes over Twitter, the chief designated public forum for public, public, spe- public political speech these days, as Florida is stripping a tax status of a private corporation for what many claim is the corporation's exercise of free speech, we get another element of this. And as Christopher Rufo writes his latest essay on transgender and critical race theory and indoctrination at schools, we get yet another element. Let's take the last one first as a means of covering the other two issues. Chris Rufo writes at City Journal, quote, Evanston Skokie School District 65 has adopted a racial – excuse me. Evanston's, Evanston Skokie School District 65 has adopted a radical gender curriculum that teaches pre-kindergarten through third grade students to celebrate the transgender flag – break the gender binary established by white colonizers, and experiment with neo-pronouns such as Z, Zir, and Tree. Close quote. The reason this one story of so many put me in an extra First Amendment or free speech state of mind was the mention of Skokie. Skokie, Illinois. It was the crucible and test in the 1970s and 1980s for political free speech, and almost everybody but a handful in our country got it wrong. It has, in basic summary, to do with the Nazis' right to march through Skokie, Illinois, a community heavily populated by Holocaust survivors. The liberal notion then was that, of course, Nazis have a First Amendment right to march through the public square of Skokie, Illinois. George Will, Bill Buckley, Hadley Arcus, others on our side said, you do not or the Nazis do not actually have that right. The ACLU and the left were all about protecting any form of expression once upon a time, even expression that would rend asunder our Republican form of government. The left, you see, used to love Louis Brandeis's notion that, quote, if in the long run the beliefs expressed in proletarian dictatorship are destined to be accepted by the dominant forces of the community, the only meaning of free speech is that they should be given their chance and have their way, close quote. Well, is that right? No. 
a lot of us said and still say, the Constitution guarantees a Republican form of government after all. In other words, not all speech and claims to free speech can possibly be the same. Whenever I start with the First Amendment, I start with a statement made by an appointee to the Supreme Court named Frank Murphy and something he wrote in what is now known as the Chaplinsky case. This has long been forgotten by many, not used a whole lot, but never specifically overturned. And many of us trained by Leo Strauss and his students, think of Walter Burns, Hadley Arcus, Harry Jaffa, they still refer to it a lot. Murphy wrote this, quote, Allowing the broadest scope to the language and purpose of the 14th Amendment, it is well understood that the right of free speech is not absolute at all times and under all circumstances. There are certain well-defined and narrowly limited classes of speech, the, pre the pre prevention and punishment of which has never been thought to raise any constitutional problem. These include the lewd and obscene, the profane, the libelous, and the insulting or fighting words, those which by their very utterance inflict injury or tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace. It has been well observed that such utterances are no essential part of any exposition of ideas and are of such slight social value as a step to truth that any benefit that may de be derived from them is clearly outweighed by the social interest in order and morality. Resort to epithets or personal abuse is not in any proper sense communication of information or opinion safeguarded by the Constitution, and its punishment as a criminal act would raise no question under that instrument, close quote. Why does he say this? Well, we have to understand the purpose of the First Amendment, and this, I think, has been forgotten by almost everyone on the Supreme Court with the exceptions of Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas. They get it. Uh, Sam Alito, for example, was the only dissent saying the Westboro Baptist Church protesters did not have a First Amendment right to protest outside and near the funerals of fallen veterans and soldiers. So we think about the First Amendment as embodying our civil liberties, right? But as Harry Jaffa reminds, civil liberties are liberties for and of men in civil society, or as our Constitution puts it squarely in Article 4, Section 4, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government. Don't forget that. This is key. Our country is not. Our founding was not neutral on what kind of government we should have. That is why Walter Burns is right and Oliver Wendell Holmes is wrong. Holmes wrote in the Gitlow case, quote, eloquence may set fire to reason, but whatever may be thought of the redundant discourse before us, it had no chance of starting a present conflagration. If in the long run the beliefs expressed in proletarian dictatorship are to be are destined to be accepted by the dominant forces of the community, Echoing Brandeis, the only meaning of free speech is that they should be given their chance and have their way, close quote. Is that what the founders intended? A constitution yielding to proletarian dictatorship and country where all men are not equal? Of course not. And that's why I provided you Article 4, Section 4. Abraham Lincoln put it this way in his 1861 message, to Congress, must a government of necessity be too strong for the liberties of its own people or too weak to maintain its own existence? 
The asking of that question is the answering to it. So the point of the First Amendment, like the whole of the Constitution, must ask, mustn't it, what is the point of free people and free government and thus free speech? As Jaffa puts it, free government rests upon the consent or opinion of the governed. Law is an expression of opinion, and the opinion upon which the law rests is more fundamental than the law itself. As he went on, the men who founded our system of government were not moral or political relativists. Free speech is a priceless and indispensable attribute of a free society because it is a necessary means for deliberating upon public policy. But this deliberation does not extend to everything. Above all, it does not extend to the question of whether the community shall exchange its freedom for slavery. Certain ends are fixed, and their fixity is the condition of mutability or changing in other respects. The government may deliberate on how to secure the rights to life and to the liberty of all. It may never deliberate on whether they shall be secured. Certain proposals can never be entertained by a civilized community. So this is why I, and really I think only a few of us, object when someone says, think Skokie or uh, Illinois or Virginia, of course the Nazis or the KKK or the David Dukes have a right to march, or the communists. Really? Do they? Should they? George Will, another follower of Leo Strauss's sort of, put it this way. Um, he said, liberals love the quote of all of for Wendell Holmes's maxim that the best test of truth is the power of the thought to get itself accepted in the competition of the market. Liberalism is a philosophy that yields the essential task of philosophy, distinguishing truth from error, to the market, to a vote which measures preferences, popularity, doesn't measure truth. Liberals say all ideas have an equal right to compete in that market or used to. But the right to compete implies the right to win. So the logic of liberalism as it used to be or the logic of absolute freedom of speech irrespective of political outcome is that it is better to be ruled by Nazis than to restrict them. That's the most important point to keep in mind. Liberals seem to believe or used to that all speech, any clash between any ideas necessarily contributes to the political ends the First Amendment is supposed to serve. But they must believe that the amendment was not intended to promote particular political ends, that there is no connection between the rationale for free speech and the particular purpose of Republican government. A wiser theory is that the First Amendment is part of a political document. There are political purposes for protecting speech, and some speech is incompatible with those purposes. Too many have forgotten this. The purpose of the Constitution is to establish a government faithful to the self-evident truths of the Declaration of Independence. Oliver Holmes, Wendell Holmes said the Constitution was written for people of fundamentally differing views. That would be an absurd idea about any constitutional community and is especially absurd about this one. The founders thought rational people could hardly avoid agreeing about self-evident fundamentals. The founders believed in freedom for all speech that does not injure the health of the self-evidently proper kind of polity we have, a republic. So the distinction between liberty and license, between permissible and prescribed speech, is implicit 
in the Constitution's very purpose. Hence, restraint can be based on substance as well as time, place, and manner if we are rational beings who believe in the Constitution's ends and purposes. Burns argues it is bizarre to say that the Constitution, a document designed to promote particular political ends, asserts an equality of all ideas. There is no such thing as an amoral constitution, neutral regarding all possible political outcomes. American Nazis back in the day were considered weak. So the ACLU type said, thus protecting Nazi swastikas and other speech was no great harm. Liberals then said the pain Nazis caused was outweighed by the usefulness of the clash of ideas. Now try communists, less weak than the Nazis were then, perhaps stronger now, and whatever pain their legacy and blood of human imprisonment and invasion is that may worry others, including the survivors of communism, that pain is supposed to be outweighed by the usefulness of a quote-unquote clash of ideas. But what ideas were the Nazis or communists becoming stronger? If they were, the non-censors would favor protecting Nazi and communist speech because the market, the best test of truth, would be affirming Nazi truth and the communist point of view? Think that through. Besides, restricting speech, yeah, it can be dangerous. But it is not more dangerous than national confusion about fundamental values, is it? It is not more dangerous than national confusion about the fundamental purpose of the United States of America, is it? It is not more dangerous than national confusion about the fundamental values of our founding, is it? Evidence of such confusion is the idea that restrictions on Nazis or communists, taunts, and defamations are impermissible because the Constitution's fundamental value is political competition open equally to those, even if they win, would destroy the Constitution and throw people in gulags or put them in ovens. No, I'm sorry, not all speech is equal, and thus neither is all canceling. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. They really are good people. I don't know if you've seen some advertisements for their effort uh, they're doing to uh, re-teach uh, American history, uh, but uh, tell you more a little bit about our effort with them on that. Uh, I love it, but I love their product more than anything else. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies, a blend of 16 whole fruits, 15 whole veggies. One daily dose gives you 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, and it's 100% natural, not 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent. 100% comes in a vegetarian capsule. You take it once a day, you take them them once a day. Uh, they're easy to open and sprinkle um, in drink or food if you don't like swallowing capsules. The capsules are perfectly normal. I, I swallow them. That's how I take it. But for some people who don't like capsules, they make that deliberately available easy for you to sprinkle it into food. Take it once a day and you are good to go. If you're burning the candle a little harder than usual and not need a little more fruits and veggies for the natural energy they give you, no problem because you can't overdose on fruits and veggies. Balanceofnature.com, their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Doug is in Carefree. Hello, Doug. 
Hi, Seth. Um, oh. Thanks for taking my call again. Of course. Um, more consistent listener, second-time caller. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, um, my concern about Elon Musk, I mean, I'm happy that he has put the spurs to the uh, to the left, and uh, I'm currently floating my, uh, my outsized battleship on the liberal tiers that are being shed for <laughs> his purchase of Twitter. Are you a writer, uh, Doug? But, That's good. That's well said. Are you a writer? You should be. I, I, I write as a hobby. Okay, but, good, good. You good, know, good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm never sure that my prose is good enough. I'm telling for, you that was you know, good. That was good. I'm telling you. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I'm currently reading uh, Peter Schweitzer's latest book, Red Handed, and he mm-hmm. has a section on Elon Musk in there and his kowtowing to the, uh, to the Chinese uh-huh. to get market share for his company, mm-hmm. which is, you know, mm-hmm. sort of understandable, you know. You know, you kiss the ring when you in, in somebody else's kingdom. I get that, but uh, so so my my hope and hope is not a great course of action. Is that Elon will become more of a free speech absolutist, and he'll let Donald John Trump back on there, and it'll be interesting. Um, even though Trump has said that he's going to stay with True Social, but I think that he will probably you know do both. But. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of would find it interesting if he does. Uh, it, it's Twitter is still, I mean, it's by far the largest. I think it's larger. It's it's uh, it's its user base is larger than all the alternatives combined, and by a lot. I mean, I think it's somewhere in the two hundred and fifty million user range, and I think the others are yeah, somewhere by, in the single digit million range. I think. I think. Yeah, by a factor of ten or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe more. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe more. But but it it's it's the it's the psychology of of expecting someone else to be the white knight and fixing it. And my concern is that okay, Elon gets Twitter, um, you know. So now we we can be a little more complacent about the upcoming midterms. You know, someone some other white knight is doing X. Kevin McCarthy. I guess maybe he's not a white knight, but but. Other examples of of supernumeraries jumping in and doing the work that we should be doing, the grunt work that we have to do at the local level, um, at the school board level, at the can, can you hold level, the line, Doug? This is so important. This can you hold? Can I keep you one more segment over the break? Do you mind? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate it very much, Doug, because you're onto something big, and I think. I think you're actually right uh, too. I think the celebration um, is good. But I think it needs to be tempered just a bit. Uh, Let's pursue that on the other side. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Doug in Carefree has been patient, and thank you, Doug, for waiting. I appreciate it and uh, you very much. You were making the point about let me not speak for you if I if I get you wrong, especially. But you were making the point that you know Elon Musk may not may not be the um, he may let us down at some points. Is what you're trying to say? Yes. Well, um, yes, primarily. But the bigger issue is the psychology of people who we are basically lazy, you know, social slobs that we're we're happy to let someone else do the hard work. And so Elon drops 46 billion and all of a sudden all our communication problems go away for this next election cycle. 
and I'm just trying to encourage everyone out there that it it can't just be a a a, a red puddle. It has to be a red tsunami. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you have to volunteer. You have to donate. You have to phone bank. You have to knock on doors. You have to get the vote out. You have to register. You have to talk to your neighbors. You have to drag someone to the polling place. You have to, you know. Yeah, no, the, no so, battle, no major battle was won today. No major battle was won. Uh, what, 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 what did happen was Twitter will likely become more open uh, with less viewpoint discrimination, and a lot of the left is upset about that. How does that translate into improving the country and America? It might on the margins, and it might avoid another distorted or fraudulent election based on Twitter censoring major news stories, major legitimate news stories. It, it may affect that, uh, but they may find other other avenues in which to try and attempt to do that. You know, it's not like it's not like Elon Musk bought uh, MSNBC, CNN, uh, Facebook, and the entire warp and woof of uh, Hollywood and every major news organization out there, which I think still does have a stronger voice than what Twitter does. That's that's one point. Two, I don't know what Elon Musk's um, predilections are, quite frankly, for the presidency. It might interest most conservatives or most people to know, liberals and conservatives, that in 2020, 50 percent of his donations, which is a lot, uh, it's a super majority and a, a, close to a super majority, a vast majority of his donations went to Democrats. Forty three percent went to Republicans um, in 2018. Sixty eight percent went to Democrats and 32 percent went to Republicans. This is a man who has spoken out in favor of socialism. Uh, this is a man who doesn't uh, particularly believe in representative democracy and prefers other weird forms of democracy. Um, this 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 who knows who knows what his predilections will be? And and a country, Doug, see if you agree with me on this, a country that vests its entire free speech movement and principles on the whims and caprice of one billionaire immigrant is a country in real damn trouble. Um, yes, I completely agree. And I would offer, um, you know, I was in the military for a long time and we have the really, really horrible kind of internal problem of fighting the last battle yep. rather than yep. figuring out how to fight, you know, with ingenuity yep. and yep. innovation. Yep. And so internally to Twitter, you have tens of thousands of little troglodytes that are going to try and foment as much anti-free speech or anti-Republican free speech as they possibly can, you know, um, unless Elon is going to automate the entire place. A, a total, yeah. No, you're right. You're right, Doug. You're right. All right. I'm so, looking forward I, to your third installment with us, brother. <laughs> well, I'm happy to do it. All right. Love having you. Glad, glad to have you. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Little Eric Clapton there on the Seth Leapson show. I was, but that man is well preserved for his age. He's in his seventies now. Have you seen a picture? You'd think you know a little hard living there, but maybe not so hard comparatively. You know, it's funny. He looks better than Gene Simmons, who's never actually lived that hard. I don't think he's ever had a drink or a drug in his life. But uh, any, I'm getting off track. 
or Ted Nugent. That has he never touched anything either? Is that right? Wonder what it would be for a band of all those people who have never done that if they could create one. Maybe we should crowdfund that, put it together. What could we call it? Not the Traveling Wilburys, but something like that. That that's been done, and about that you could not apply to the tra- anyway. I uh, <laughs> tomorrow uh, we're going to do something a little bit different with the Hallmans. As you know, I have Hugh and Lewis Hallman on every uh, third hour in, in, on Tuesdays. We usually we, well, we started it two years ago talking about COVID, and as COVID has receded, and as we uh, were borne out more and more. Rather than belaboring the point, we started emanating into other fields and discussions. And, you know, these two guys, their minds are tremendously alive. The furniture of their brains is quite spectacular. And people have asked uh, to have them weigh in on on, on further things. Primarily credit to Lewis for for injecting uh, some interesting notions, uh, some intellectually interesting notions about fields of biology, economics, physics, and philosophy. And he was uh, starting last week. He was talking a little bit about uh, human nature and said, I'd love to do a show on human nature or an hour on human nature and um, and and what's changed uh, in the human condition over the last hundred or so years. So we're, we're going to do that tomorrow. I do want to I do want to say, um, you know, this issue of uh, of changing human nature uh, is 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 perhaps putting it in a sense too strongly than the way he did it. That's how I think of it. He wants to talk about the way he thinks of it is what's happened to our species. But I mean, I think I think it's effectively the same thing. Look, I don't mean to filibuster. Let me get right to it. We'll talk about it in in greater depth tomorrow. When I think of human nature, I think about everything we're debating right now. Quite frankly, particularly when you think about. Uh, the kind of stuff that we have found coming out of Virginia, the Christopher Rufo uh, material in the schools we were talking about, the transgendered um, indoctrination uh, that we thought, you know, was to listen to Ron DeSantis, you know, going to be a stop, at, you know, a preventative uh, for five-year-olds and five-year-olds through 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 basically fourth grade, which is what, nine-year-olds, five to nine-year-olds. And – what we've now learned since even that fight, which, you know, started in earnest about a month and a half ago, it's now pre-K. It's now nursery school kids. And so not even five was sacrosanct enough that we're doing what? Why is this related? We're trying to change these children's nature. We're trying to change their human nature. This is this is nothing – um, new under the sun category stuff. It's that we just didn't think it was happening here and we didn't think it could happen here. How could a country, how could a people, how could a civilization that bases itself on uh, natural right and self-evident truths engage in such an experimentation um, that is the antithesis of all that? And where does it come from? It comes from the same place almost every other thing that reduces humanity to some other artificial uh, equivalent or equation comes from, which is Karl Marx. Um, it is, as Whitaker Chambers, Whitaker Chambers puts it, the second oldest faith known to man, that we shall be as gods. This is what Karl Marx taught, and it's not only in the second chapter 
of the Communist Manifesto. It's in his notes on Feuerbach, and it's in his works on the German philosophy. It's on in his work on human nature. In the Communist Manifesto, you've heard me talk about this before. When you see or have a vague – those of us that have studied a little political philosophy perhaps – when you have this vague notion or this vague memory or vague recollection from the stuff we saw during the Black Lives Matter uh, ascendancy where they were talking about challenging um, the Western notion of the family, when they were talking about uh, going after the Western notion of the, of the two-person family or the two-parent family – those of us that, as I say, study political philosophy, we had vague recollections of where that came from. And it was, yes, chapter two of Karl Marx, where he talks about the family and its need to be disappeared. That's his word, vanished. Disappeared and vanished were Karl Marx's word. Disintegrate, challenged. That's the, shall we say, softer communist landing that BLM and its affiliates and uh, its uh, acolytes uh, supported uh, in in the Communist uh, Manifesto, uh, Karl Marx says the selfish misconception that induces you to transform into eternal laws of nature and of reason, the social forms springing from your present mode of production and form of property. You don't have to get all into that German uh, heavy thinking. All you have to know is that the notion that there are eternal laws, eternal laws of human nature eternal truths based on reason, he calls it a selfish, excuse me, selfish misconception. He calls it a selfish, selfish misconception, hard to say at the end of the day, that there are eternal truths. He says in The Poverty of Philosophy, and, and then as I say, right under that in chapter two is why he then argues for the need to get rid of the family, the need to disintegrate or vanish, his word, the family. He does this in The Poverty of Philosophy. He says all history is nothing but a continuous transformation of human nature. This was the what the progressives handed to us. This is what Woodrow Wilson gave us. This is what John Dewey gave us. This is what this is this is what was given to us in the progressive movement, which is nothing more really than the first version of neo-Marxism. All history is nothing but a continuous transformation of human nature. Later, it would get even stronger. I'll say something in closing on that. Let me, as I go to closing, put in a word for our friends at Y-Refi. Y-Refi refinances defaulted private student loans where others won't, but you can get in it on it at the finance end. You can do well by doing good. You can actually invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio, earn exceptional fixed returns, and actually help other People, I've seen the model. I've met with the guys at Y-Refi. They are great guys. I really can't say enough about them. And I've looked at this investment opportunity in depth, and it works. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refi.com. I, I suppose at the end of the day, um, Tagging off what I was just saying about human nature and Karl Marx's drive and initiation and the progressives' acceptance of it and the neo-Marxists running with it in in the modern era, this this drive to change human nature, you know, it does run into the stumbling block. It's no accident that the stumbling block it runs runs into is the Declaration of Independence. It's no accident that um, Abraham Lincoln 
was the um, what what was probably the strongest expositor and teacher of the Declaration of Independence of any, perhaps I was certainly any president, perhaps any American. Uh, Coolidge would come close second for any president, any American. Well, then I think you have to go into some others who were interpreting to, uh, interpreting him. But as as Lincoln once would put it, uh, it's in his Peoria speech of 1854, a notion, his notion that is so counter uh, to the Marxist notion. He wrote, slavery is founded in the selfishness of man's nature, opposing, opposition to it in his love of justice. These principles are an eternal antagonism and when brought into collision so fiercely as slavery extension brings them, shocks and throes and convulsions must ceaselessly follow. Repeal the com- the Missouri Compromise. Repeal all compromises. Repeal the Declaration of Independence. Repeal all past history. You still cannot repeal human nature. It still will be the abundance of man's heart that slavery extension is wrong, and out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth will continue to speak. I hope that's right. I hope he's right, and I hope we take that seriously, particularly when it comes to what's being done to our children. Till tomorrow, I'm Seth. God bless you all. Class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.